You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. All right, and we're back with another episode of Behind the Leaf with your host, Alec, and your co-host, Cassie. What's up, guys? Today we have our first female guest, entrepreneur Tara from Aim and Fire, a field activation and, well, frail marketing and brand activation company. I'm going to let her take over and just say a little bit about herself and how she got into the space. Thank you so much, Cassie. Um, my company, Aim and Fire, has been um, gaining some momentum in Los Angeles and California for the past eight, nine months since our inception in February. And the mm-hmm. first event we actually staffed was the uh, Hayes Radio Secret Cup. Um, I met oh, Andrew nice. on Craigslist. He was looking for <laughs> a few staff to run his dab bar and uh, keep things running smooth. So I connected with him and offered to take that off his plate. And we've been kind of palling around and helping mm-hmm. each other out with things ever since. But been really fortunate to um, get some really cool clientele in the last couple of months. So a lot of cannabis snack and beverage brands that oh, I'm really nice. excited awesome. to be working oh, awesome. with. And I've worked on some larger events um, and festivals. So it's been, um, you know, warp speed in cannabis always. <laughs> so it feels like I kind of uh, pushed the ball down the hill and it's just rolling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's awesome. Very fortunate to be um, supported in that way by people like Andrew and yeah. opportunities like this to let people know about what yeah. we're doing. So of course. Yeah, really, yeah. I appreciate the guys here at Hayes Radio are just amazing. Yeah, yeah. our yeah. first Hayes Cup was um, the Independence Cup, July 4th. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were hoping to go to the Halloween one, but you know now they're doing the holiday one in December. Mm-hmm. So we're super excited for that. Um, but I guess if you could talk a little bit about um, what it's like being a woman in the space, just because we haven't had anyone on here yet to give that kind of perspective. Very difficult, um, an <laughs> uphill battle, and uh, the the landscape and the challenges that we face um, are really what inspired me to take control over my own skills and the, the things that I know that I have to offer. Mm-hmm. and. Um, really keep them in my um, in my control and in my power so that um, the things that tend to happen to us in the cannabis industry, the silencing, the yeah. uh, tokenizing, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, um, mm-hmm. it just is no longer a factor because I have the power to say no. I have the control to right. um, always feel like I'm able to call things as I see them. Mm-hmm. You know, now that I'm doing my own thing versus working for a brand internally or, you know, under people that are corrupt um yeah. i've had countless experiences just in the last year that i've been around um if you want to really share a little bit things. about i mean absolutely um i think that in a lot of cases especially in field marketing people are put in position to be you know things like attractive outgoing mm-hmm. uh, fun to talk to and the facts are there are still a lot of people a lot of guys that just want something to look at. So there are still Mm -hmm. um, booth babe vibes at a lot of these conventions and trade shows and Mm -hmm. uh, consumption events where people are not knowledgeable about the products. They're not properly trained. They're not not even really always doing what they should be on site. They're kind of just partying. And in some cases, that's what folks are looking for when they Mm -hmm. book. So we have really tried to set ourselves apart um, by providing staff that is... uh, not there for those reasons. They're truly trained on the brand information. They're able to funnel leads to the correct person at the company to actually leverage those connections. Mm-hmm. They're capturing mm-hmm. data. They're getting content that they can use, you know, after the event. 
So we try to really bring a little bit more value than that and set ourselves apart in that way because there are countless companies that are kicking it um, a little old school for my taste. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that yeah, we definitely. really need to set some firmer boundaries about things like that. And, uh, you know, um, I think the best way to do that is by providing contrast because oh, we can yeah. just point our fingers as much as we want to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I know we all see plenty yeah. of it, but until we know what the alternative is, it's really hard to yeah, and that's a really put a stop to it. That's really nice to hear that. That's a refreshing take on that because as we were talking before, I uh, go to like a lot of the conf business conferences and investment seminars and stuff like that. And at these expos and all that, you have these a lot, a lot of booths are run by a lot of, a lot of girls and stuff like that, that are just there to catch your eye really and bring you in. And then you talk to them and they really don't know what the, what the brand is or what they're talking about or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I feel like that first, at least for me, that first initial reaction can like really like turns me away. Mm -hmm. And like, it'd be really refreshing to actually talk to somebody who actually knows what they're actually there for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've heard that from so many people that if they see that and they catch wind of that, they're turning mm -hmm. in the other direction really quickly because they know that there's no business for them there yeah, no you know real, there's, no there's really just a trap to get yeah, you know drawn into yeah. and recently um just a couple nights ago i was at a halloween event hosted by a brand mm -hmm. and there were just a few brand activations in the room and i'm always trying to connect with the brands if i yeah, go to an event that's what i'm there for Definitely. i want to get some business cards yeah, that's i want to put yeah, something on the course. board for sure so i walked up to the booth just to see what they had going on with the offerings where it was a genetics company Mm -hmm. And there was a girl sitting there and she looked great. She looked fantastic, beautiful <laughs> girl, very inviting. Um, I started speaking with her and she knew nothing, nothing aye, about the aye. company. In fact, she winked at me and said, they're great. As if to say she had nothing else to say. That was like her tagline. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there was no one else on site with her. Oh, no. She hadn't brought any of those materials herself. She just showed up just to, showed up. to uh, fully erect booth and uh wow. plop down um on her own fully on her own and that's not um you know that's not her fault that's definitely mm -hmm. like on yeah. the yeah. on the brand to provide better um tools and training so that situations like that don't happen because mm -hmm. even just myself and the party that I came with we were all very taken aback by that yeah. you know and kind of uh you know turned on our heels um because it was clear that she wasn't comfortable talking with us about right. the kinds of things that we and you wanted want to, be to talk able about. To trust the company. Mm -hmm. And then if you're sitting there and the person has no idea what's going on, it's like, okay, well, if that's the first taste I get, do I really want to, you know, make a connection with them? Because mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. if they're missing the target on things like that, I'm sure there are countless other things exactly. that are not getting buttoned up mm -hmm. all the way. Absolutely. Oh, no, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, what else are they, if they're not fully, like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> If, if, if they're not fully taking care of what they should be taking care of at like events like that, then like what else are they neglecting mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in, inside their company? Yeah. And the cool thing is if they lack the resources or the time or if the internal team is so slammed that they can't mm -hmm. be bothered with things like that, that's really what we exist for is to mm -hmm. take yeah. that pressure off and, you know, provide them with a better way, you know, specialized awesome. service to, you know, swerve before they get in a situation like that. Because mm -hmm. I'm that's sure great. we weren't the only people there that you know that came looking that. for yeah, some actual totally, information yeah. definitely yeah yeah i see we have the joan sodas up here um i don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that and sure. your yeah. company's connection to the brand absolutely um i brought the jones just as a little uh whistle wetter for andrew <laughs> and you guys around oh, yeah, here just love to those. enjoy yeah um, definitely thank you i've thank got you. the mainline jones uh pretty pretty on tap now the traditional jones soda because i am 
working with Mary Jones, which is oh, the nice. cannabis expansion of the Jones Soda brand. I didn't even oh, know wow. that was a thing. It's pretty new, but uh-huh. uh, they just launched in MedMen this weekend. Oh, okay. Oh, very nice. So that's why my car was full to the brim with Jones Soda, <laughs> because we've been in multiple MedMen's over the last couple of days with a mm-hmm. little cruising cooler, which is ah. a motorized three-wheeled scooter with a cooler on the back that we oh, have oh, Jones awesome. Soda. It is very cool. The bud tenders love it. Cool. I let them zip around on it if they seem trustworthy. <laughs> um, most do, especially at MedMen. They've been fantastic and very, um, very accepting of yeah, Jones Soda. Yeah, we've always had a good experience at MedMen. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first dispensary I went to out here in California, mm-hmm. right, Alec? Yeah, the one in... Uh, it was in, near Beverly Hills yeah, over yeah, that, in that area. Hills. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really cool. And like a totally different experience than like when we were in Colorado to going to a dispensary. Absolutely. Like here you can yeah. just see everything from the street, walk in. It's like not, you know, taboo or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's like the whole point of the podcast is like breaking the stigma too about cannabis. So, um, yeah, it was really it was it was a cool place and like I'm always learning new things. So it's like nice to also hear from you, like another female, yeah. mm-hmm. what you're doing in the space and and everything. Um, Are there I'm, any other uh, like like companies like like other brands you would like uh, represent? Anything yes. like that you want to talk about? I am jamming pretty hard with both Jones Soda and Sumo Snacks. Um, okay. Sumo, Snacks Sumo Snacks is another big one. They are a savory edible company. Mm. So they make tortilla chips, corn chips, um, cheese clusters, and flaming hots. And recently launched a collaboration with Snoop Dogg, oh, which are nice. called Snazzle O's. They <laughs> are kind of O's. like a Funyun. That's his favorite huh. chip. So they uh, oh, were so they had to go in with, that direction. Yep, yeah, they had to, you know, please the please Uncle Snoop. So <laughs> hopefully we'll uh, get to do something soon where he's, uh, you know, present and. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. folks up with us. Oh, We've yeah, talked about awesome. doing a few things. I'd really love to see yeah, that happen. Yeah, yeah, but have him at some kind of event or like something. That would yeah. be awesome. Speaking of like, just because you brought up Snoop and Celeb, just funny story. Um, this morning oh, yeah. we were we we're staying in Westlake, mm-hmm. and uh, we went to this place to grab a coffee and you know a scone or whatever, and we're just sitting there, and um, all of a sudden like Travis Barker walks in from mm-hmm. Link One Eighty Two, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he was like so nice, like. Yeah, sure. Let's take a picture, like whatever. He seems nice. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was a nice dude. I mean, like, I'm, I'm very, I'm horrible at recognizing people. So, like, she's sitting there. She's like, "That's Travis." I'm like, who? "I'm like, I'm like, who?" I'm like, "You're uh, like, wait, what?" Looking, I'm like, "Blink One Eighty Two, dude." I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure." <laughs> okay, okay. Guess that's so. pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of my friends has a, a Snoop story that he tells over and over again. Like, he found a blunt at a party that Snoop Dogg had like put out, <laughs> and he took it. And he took. And he still has it. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, didn't That's smoke it. Just has like a Ziploc one. bag somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told him he should like cast it in like resin, like resin. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like, like that. Like really preserve it. Some kind of paperweight. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be that actually be pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out Yorgo. You, you, yeah, you have to bring that with you to like a concert one day and try to get him to sign it. Be like, I found your blunt. I found your blunt. <laughs> <laughs> sign this. Sure. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah, long ago I had a Snoop Dogg near miss. I was uh, working with a drone company. They oh, wound up the sole uh, drone sponsor of mm-hmm. a party post Grammys at the Playboy Mansion. And my whole reason <laughs> for being at the time was uh-huh. that I knew Snoop Dogg was going to be in attendance. Mm-hmm. And I was looking forward to just like lighting something up and passing mm-hmm. it his way. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually wound up giving my ticket to one of the founder's friends, even though I was the oh, marketing event coordinator. Oh. And oh, that's messed up. Set the entire thing up. That's, and uh... the day that they told me that, my gown came in the mail. Oh, oh no. no. So that I never sucks. came back to work because, because <sighs> I don't, I don't, 
play like that. No, yeah, that's messed no, that's up. Messed up. It was yeah. super messed up. It was yeah, messed up. Messed and I was up. I was really young. I was like 19, 20 and my yeah, mom's were, heart yeah, was were, broken. Yeah, like young, this was so big, you know. Were, I hadn't been out of the Midwest very much yet. Mm-hmm. Done a little bit of traveling mm-hmm. on tour, but I was not like you know, used to seeing Travis Barker out yeah. for a scone, yeah. things like that. You yeah, know? like we're from the East Coast and like being from New York, some people, offer, well, off the bat, they're like, oh, are you from Manhattan? It's like, no, 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 we're from the island. Yeah. Like, we don't have spottings like that. Maybe we just don't recognize them, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Honestly, I know you mentioned you're from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Where'd you grow up? Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very rural Wisconsin. Very, oh, yeah. very small town Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. is, you know, another element of uh, this being so exciting and mm-hmm. um, important to me because I've always been a cannabis consumer, mm-hmm. and where I'm from, that's very like other side of the tracks. Yeah, behavior. I was yeah, I was just mm-hmm. gonna say like in Wisconsin, like like the cannabis community could not have been very friendly. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, not very friendly. Hard. Very small yeah. and also very like othering from you know the commonly accepted no. paths you know mm-hmm. if you're if you're doing this you're not doing that yeah. is kind of the That's assumption it. and um i was a little bit um advanced and ahead of the game but doing weed i was still kind of treated yeah. like i was just not doing the right stuff and okay. that was always really frustrating so mm-hmm. it's so cool to come in such a full circle where cannabis is really the thing that's going to mm-hmm. allow me to um, you know, have something of my own that I can mm-hmm. build and uh, carefully craft. So I'm just super grateful. I think it's uh, the perfect time to to be alive right now. It's very fun <laughs> to see. When people yeah, see that totally. we've got like infused onion rings that Snoop Dogg is, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, what is going mind on? Mind blown. Yeah, mind Where blown. are we? Like, how have we, mm-hmm. how have we achieved so much? Yeah, we've <laughs> noticed like the shift in culture like the cannabis culture here mm-hmm. like versus on the east coast it's it's different like and and it's still like i mean now new york is legal but there's still you know people who feel a certain way about it mm-hmm. and like coming out here and just seeing how like welcoming it is is really awesome and like being totally. able to like use this platform to show people how it can help you and just in all the awesome ways mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i want people to know like what kind of options are available and how oh, yeah, totally. diverse the opportunities are um because when i moved here despite being a you know constant chronic mm-hmm. consumer like mm-hmm. sun up to sundown i didn't think that i wanted to work in cannabis because yeah. i thought that the only options were to become a bud tender or go yeah. right and weed you, somewhere you just read my mic because i was mm-hmm. just going to say like a lot of people think it's like, oh, in the cannabis industry, all you can do is grow weed or become a bud tender and work in a dispensary. Mm-hmm. And that's not not the case at all. Not yeah. at all. And it it's it still shocks me that I didn't, um, you know, follow that line of thought prior to getting here because I was working in more traditional like marketing and branding for consumer yeah. packaged goods. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand yet that cannabis is just a consumer packaged good. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize there were right. going to be brands emerging and, yeah. you know, creating identities for themselves and building communities around those identities. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. And then I got here and sort of fell into a role as a brand ambassador for a cannabis brand that really snowballed quickly because of that background experience, um, turned into a promotion and uh, when that blew up in my face, as so many um, fresh roles with, you know, rapidly growing cannabis yeah. companies do, all of our peers are well acquainted with those uh, fallouts yeah. at this point. Um, I just decided to kind of take the reins and put myself in a position that that couldn't happen again. Yeah. Like there's right. no possibility that I can find myself 
in a situation where, you know, you're promised like infinite advancement potential. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, like yeah, These totally. companies, they start in one market, they're in eight to nine markets a year and a half mm -hmm. later, and there should be just like nothing but advancement for the people who, you know, come with the skills to do the job. But so often that's just not true because yeah. this is a really, mm -hmm. really unique landscape with a lot of its own, um, you know, beasts that are highly particular to cannabis. Right. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you said that you really didn't think of like working in the cannabis industry at first, even though you were a user. What made you make that switch into going, I want to work in the cannabis industry? Realizing that there is an extreme need and hole for exactly the services that I provide mm -hmm. was so exciting because I've never kind of been in that right place, right time um, spot before to mm -hmm. um, take advantage of something like this. Um, so it's just really rewarding to work with subject matter that I really enjoy mm -hmm. because right. in the past... I've been hiding in porta potties to like rip the one hitter at yeah. non-cannabis yeah. events and hoping that it doesn't go into the bathroom you know, and get detected it towards the exhaust fan. Absolutely, absolutely. And and mm -hmm. I've had you know I've had close calls. I've had all sorts of you know scenarios where um, that could have really jeopardized my livelihood. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I don't think it should be that way. And now right. instead, I'm at events where my clients and my colleagues are you know just. Uh, Smoking. Oh yeah, totally. When I went smoking to smoking and working. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really awesome. Like when I went to my first cannabis conference, like last year, I really didn't know what to expect. And then when I'm like, I get there and like everybody's like just smoking outside and chilling and mm -hmm. still doing business and stuff like that. I was like, I was like, wow, this this, this is amazing. Like I don't understand why people like frown upon mm -hmm. doing business. I think it's way. because also. I mean, I guess back in the day, some people would just automatically be like the lazy stoner thing and they didn't realize like how productive you could be while on it. And it's just a stigma again, like uh -huh. going back to that. Yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't been to um, BizCon, but I'm going next month for my first one. So it should be really cool to see. I have no idea what to expect. That'll be <laughs> He's so He's been fun. talking about yeah. it. Um, but we're going to be doing um, a like broadcast with blunt brunch so we're like getting mm. ready for that which should be pretty cool and like being able to see more women in this space and talk to a bunch of companies and and everything um what like events has your company i guess done since your inception yeah, yeah. if you want to talk about a couple I would of them love to um and and another uh what you just said really reminded me of one of the coolest opportunities that i got to work on um earlier this year that was pretty strategic. Um, I was looking for a way to meet as many people as possible, to mm -hmm. speak with as many brands and oh, yeah, you know, totally. dial as many Exposure. numbers as I could. So I came on with Green Street and Green Street Festival oh, nice. downtown. Very, nice. very, very good call all in all. And I had a great time working there for a couple of months. And it was very much like you're describing where everyone's chilling, everyone's smoking, everyone's yeah. doing what they do, but like business is still getting done. And I mm -hmm. felt more productive there and even more inclined, like actually less inclined, I mean, to get up and, you know, smoke a whole joint or like hit the bong five times before yeah. I go to work mm -hmm. because I knew that I could do whatever I wanted to mm -hmm. do when I got there. Like there was no restriction. There was no like you yeah. got to roll up and go outside. You've got to take a walk down the block. Like mm -hmm. you can just totally. like pull the ashtray yeah. over and light up yeah. on your Zoom call you could if you like want to. just like live your truth and with everyone and no mm -hmm. one's sitting there yeah. judging you or you're worried you have to go hide mm -hmm. or, yeah. and that's awesome. Because at it a was. certain point, it's like you're just pretending to be somebody else that, that you're that, not, that you're just not. Mm -hmm. And 
why why should you have to work in an environment that's like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for context for anyone um not in the know green street is a cannabis co-working right. space downtown oh. and mm-hmm. event space and the um the purpose of my work there was on the green street festival the inaugural festival that was kind of a a block party downtown between the Green Street building and the Majestic with Juicy J headlining and a lot of great panels with uh, Gary V and uh, just some really cool, um, cool experience. Uh, Multiple floors of the building were opened up for brand activations and we had a whole garden outside, Mm -hmm. smoking area. Um, It was really cool. We really transformed the space down there and um my mom and my little brother were in town during this event (laughs) so i brought them Mm -hmm. fun. yeah it was really fun my brother had a ball my mom has never seen anything like that in her life and it was just really cool for her Uh to see that side of of what this is like Mm -hmm. a a place of business and you know with all these people thought about Mm -hmm. it was before you know Mm -hmm. bringing her there Mm -hmm. how was it they enjoyed the experience they loved it yeah my mom uh she shoved off a little earlier Mm-hmm. Then my brother Carl was, you know, in in it for Juicy <laughs> J. My little brother Carl is a awesome. is a character. He had a blast. He loved mm-hmm. it. He wants to move out here. He talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just very yeah. restricting to live in a place with right. different standards. It's yeah, right now we live in um, Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So it's like now we're considering moving out yeah. west, like towards. Colorado or around here or something because it's so hard to do what we want to do in a place like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're making they're making, making their way, progress, but, but yeah. slow. Slow. Mm-hmm. slow. It's still considered the Bible Belt over there. Yeah. You can't have two drinks on the bar at once and all wild. that stuff. So it's it's wild. But uh, I'm sure you've had your fair share of uh, like bad experiences with companies and stuff like that, especially when we've been talking about like like the booth girls and stuff like that. And for anybody out there who's looking to work and represent a reputable company like yourselves, what should they look for in when they're applying to work for somebody? Order of operations. You know, mm-hmm. you got to do things in a very particular order to be successful. Um, I spend a mm-hmm. lot of time advocating for more detailed brand training, um, more assets in the field marketing kits. Um, I see a lot of things out in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, from other brands that I wouldn't be comfortable popping up myself that I would like put a stop on until they had more to go on Um, you know I'll see people just drape a piece of fabric over you know a table before they have tablecloths before they have any um, like hand bills or signage or anything at all Mm -hmm. and I think that you can really do more damage than good if you're out there before you're ready Right. So preparation. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think people just need to look and make sure there's actually systems in place mm-hmm. because what we're describing, it doesn't sound too difficult. But when you get in there, there are a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Like right. once you have imagine. a couple of people on a team who all need a kit with these supplies, um, you know, ongoing, mm-hmm. there's a lot of coordination involved. And uh, with gig workers, especially, mm-hmm. it's a very... Um, delicate art um orchestrating other people's work that way so it's Mm -hmm. a it's a job that i feel very fortunate that my main clients um a lot of the people on the brand's teams have done this work before so when something Mm -hmm. weird happens they understand exactly how that can come to be and how to adapt Mm -hmm. and what Mm -hmm. the troubleshooting is like because in truth no matter what kind of a company or solution you use for 
um, this type of brand representation, mm-hmm. it is gig work and weird things yeah. are going to happen because, you know, anything is possible. And there mm-hmm. are so many unique individuals in this world. And you got to say everything is what I found. You have mm-hmm. to say absolutely everything, mm-hmm. even what you think is obvious. And <laughs> some people are not willing to do that. They're not willing to articulate the obvious. And, mm-hmm. you know, I spend a lot of time doing that. And, um, also just making people feel empowered to work independently and really understand what they're there for Mm -hmm. so that even when it's slow in a dispensary, um, they can still be making like valuable connections with people, with bud tenders, with, um, Mm -hmm. you know, distributors, delivery people, like whoever comes in the door, whoever's in there at the time, Mm -hmm. there's always an opportunity to to talk with them and find out what they think or what kind of feedback they're getting from mm-hmm. folks who come in the door when we're not on site. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the network, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all about meeting mm-hmm. people, putting yeah. yourself out there. I think that's the hardest part sometimes. It is. And that- just walking up to someone and being like, hey, where, what's your company? What do you do Like in the space? And yeah. then mm-hmm. just letting it flow from there. <laughs> so just training people to do mm-hmm. that. And I try to really also make sure that we're bringing people into these spaces that have like a real desire to be there and to grow within them Mm -hmm. and find something, uh, you know, greater than gig work within this economy. I really Mm -hmm. want the people on our team to be identified as like viable options for the brands um, to to grow with. And um, if it's a good fit on the BA team, I think that a lot of people on the brand ambassador team, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people will wind up finding uh, more permanent opportunities through the work that they're doing um, with us, which is really exciting. I would mm-hmm. love to give people kind of a little springboard to find their right fit so they can avoid some of those, um, you know, unsavory experiences. Yeah, unsavory unsavory experiences, experiences and companies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, you, want to, you want to talk about any of those unsavory like, experiences? Or That's oof. up to you. <laughs> um, you know, I think on a general basis, I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I have noticed as a, is an extreme hindrance to some of these mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. is nepotism hiring. It's uh, oh. it's mm. putting yeah. people in it's... position who don't have any relevant experience, yeah. mm. but you have some investor capital and you mm-hmm. want to give someone a salary that you feel they deserve. Mm. Um, yeah. So okay. I've really struggled um, in my first uh, in my first full time role in cannabis. I struggled to work under people that had not done a fourth of what I've done in the field that they were put in place to direct. Mm -hmm. And that got really messy. I mean, very quickly I was working 65 hours a week, not getting paid any overtime. The whole department is like crying on the Zoom calls and it just was not, not sustainable. And there's also no, there's no, when when the leadership is the problem, there's no solution. Yeah, definitely. as soon as I got to the point where I understood that there was like no possibility of like leveling or getting around that, mm-hmm. I was out. I was out. And uh, it was just about a year ago um, that I got on a call with the the head of department for what I was doing at the time. And it was mm-hmm. the first time we had ever spoken. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we were supposed to be speaking about a promotion because I had been pulling way too much weight. And it was very right. clear. Yeah. And somehow instead, it wound up with her yelling at me. What? Hey, yo, what? what the? <laughs> and fuck? and scapegoating a little bit, and um, wow, you know, that's crazy. Picking out you know problems that are trickling down from the top, and kind of like shrugging them off her own shoulders. Ugh. And yeah. I really didn't, uh, I really didn't budge. I just kind of told her the way that it was, mm-hmm. and 
she hung up on me at 11.11 on 11.11 last year. And I just remember looking at the time and Mm -hmm. thinking about the date and just knowing that that was like a huge turning point Mm -hmm. in my life, Mm -hmm. that that was not going to happen again. Right. Um, And that they would be hearing from me, you know, Mm -hmm. like I just knew that that was not that was not it. And uh, it's been really fun to to build this on my own terms yeah. and to be like welcome on my own terms. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for um, companies that see the value and uh, hire the right people, right. pay them appropriately yeah. and just trust them to do what they're specialized to do. So mm-hmm. that's what's so exciting about, you know, brands like Jones giving me the the reins to run with their brand, which is so um, awesome. authentic yeah. to to who I am. And it, like being it's able so to DIY and like uh, come as you are, and you don't have to try too hard if you've got the right stuff. You oh, know, no, like if you're no. just cool, mm-hmm. if you build it, they will come. Is yeah. the way I like to do things. <laughs> I like that. You know, I like that. and also a policy of mine is like you get one free. Like you show people what you can do, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then after that, they're going to be willing to pay for it. And that's oh, kind of, of the fundamental concept of of sampling as a field right. marketing practice is you just want to, you want to give to people. You want to share something with them. And if mm-hmm. they like it, they will, um, they will give back. Definitely. And I feel right. like you were saying like having knowledgeable, passionate people mm-hmm. doing it, it really shines through to those companies. Like I want to work with those people. Mm-hmm. Like being able to work with Jones too, is probably really cool. Like having grown up, like drinking the sodas and stuff. It <laughs> is cool. And you know, yeah. same goes for, same goes for sumo snacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, Something that Snoop Dogg is involved in directly, um, kind of. I just feel like, uh, like I'm kind of out here on the ground on behalf yeah. of the dog himself. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really cool, and I'm just kind of in shock at all times. Um, I'm kind of like working through it, working <laughs> through the shock, um, because I've always wanted to do yeah. this prior mm-hmm. to it taking in cannabis. I wanted to have my own agency and take out the middleman yeah. because I've worked for dozens of such companies and. Mm-hmm. Um, hundreds of events yeah. in 47 out of 50 states and internationally in Mexico, Canada, wow. and the Bahamas. So wow. I've that's been crazy. all over yeah, this piece. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just really, um, really exciting to finally have something that's like clicking for other people too, that that other people can get behind and support. Mm-hmm. And um, very quickly, when you have something that's that's a value to people, it feels bigger than you are. Mm-hmm. And I've never had this experience before yeah. where I've like created something that is now bigger than me, that is now, um, you know, uh, taking other people off their path and putting them onto something new. It's been right. really rewarding really to see people. Really making a difference. Yeah, like come to these events and just yeah. have that same experience that I had mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, all of this is possible. You know, I could be <laughs> yeah, doing definitely. this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just yeah. cool to have that ability yeah. to that's bring people cool. in. Yeah, that's awesome. You, and to be in that position like, not, and then now here, it's like you're able to give back and like, okay, I was like that. What can I share with them and get them, you know, to where they want to be? And that, mm-hmm. that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. That's why we like yeah. having people on the show too because it's like, talking to people who've been in the industry for a while and like being able to hear that wisdom and like take that and do what we will with it. (laughs) Yeah. And having guests from like all across the map from, uh, growers to cultivators to, uh, Hector who is an actor and all that. It would, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's really nice to show the public that there's a lot more to do in cannabis, as we said, besides just being a bud tender or growing Mm -hmm. or working in a dispensary. I mean, those are cool in itself too, but those are awesome (laughs) jobs in itself, but there's so much more to do in the industry. And maybe, for everyone. maybe what you're looking for isn't a job, you know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. after that fell through, after that internal role fell mm-hmm. through, I spent months applying for dozens of jobs and yeah. I had interviews mm-hmm. and 
there were some good salaries, but something just wasn't like sitting right in my gut. I just mm-hmm. knew that what just happened had the potential mm-hmm. to happen again, happen again, no matter how good it looked on paper or what they promised. Yep. Mm-hmm. Once you get in there, things aren't always the same. So for me, I think I really enjoy working in this capacity because I'm still directly involved and, you know, feeling like a core member of these teams. But at the end of the day, I am a separate entity and I do have control over the aspect of the business that we are handling. Mm-hmm. So I've got the ability to to make the decisions that I know need to be made. And that's what was such a struggle before was knowing what needed to be yeah. done, but just like never having the authorization to do it. Yeah, like yeah. Never being able to, being able able to spend having, what like, needs the power to be spent to, do it to get something done. You're just yeah. sitting there watching it and you're like, mm-hmm. no, this should yeah. be happening. Mm-hmm. This should be happening. Yeah, you're tired of sitting there going, all right, this is what we need to do. And people telling you, nah, that's fine. And, you're like, and then mm-hmm. watching what you just said happen happen anyway because mm. they weren't <laughs> listening to you and you know bad things wasted money um, oh, all the missed time. opportunities just really yeah. um grave losses you know yeah, definitely. so, so mm-hmm. I, I know we mentioned like we're talking about like you were going uh, hundreds of events throughout the year and stuff like that what if you could pick out a few events what do you think were like the most important events to get out of, get get to i'm a huge huge advocate for hazy LA. I love those people. Um, Actually, when I first got into the industry, I noticed like low standards all around. I was Mm -hmm. looking around and I was like, this is not what I'm used to, like working for household brand names and Fortune Mm -hmm. 500 companies that have a high, high uh, standard of presentation. Um, So I noticed very quickly we weren't doing that here yet. Like we're still kicking it. Taking a casual in, style. Infancy stages. <laughs> Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I kind of somewhere deep knew that that was like uh, an opportunity to, you know, bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. But I went to 710 Fest, um, not this oh, okay. year, but last year, Hazy mm-hmm. 710 at the Wisdom. And the company I was working for had a large activation there. And it was the first time that we showed up in any type of way that was mm-hmm. like in line with what I would expect. And other brands were also showing up to that same degree for only that event. And I remember thinking these people are doing it right. And I would Mm -hmm. love to be a part of what's going on here. And, um, strangely, a friend of mine from back home wound up linking me with their team. And, um, by March of this year, they had Mm -hmm. launched a capsule collection, like a merch line of their own. They're very cool. They do a lot of graphic design and branding for other companies. So Mm -hmm. they're, um, some stylish folks and they dropped some really cool merch. So when the capsule collection dropped, they had a big um, blowout and that was the first event that we staffed for Hazy. So we did point of sale and merch and check in mm-hmm. and a few supplemental brand ambassadors for other brands mm-hmm. that were involved that didn't have yeah. quite enough support. So I think we had like 12 roles at that first event and we've had a few people on site at almost every event that they've had since. So they Very just nice. uh, keep calling us up and everyone loves to work those events in particular. So we've got a group of people that are kind of, uh, you know, covering that mm-hmm. program. And um, it's been so cool. They're so cool. And it's great to see them expand as well. I mean, we're looking at the Jones soda, oh, but yeah. the Mary <laughs> Jones, um, all of that beautiful branding and the aesthetic that's been created, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that's Hazy LA. Oh, they awesome. did the graphic nice. design. They do the social media. They are fantastic. Yeah. And we work so well together like in tandem it's just mm-hmm. very cool that now we've got the got the ship to steer yeah. with mary jones and That's we're awesome. gonna have a blast yeah are they gonna keep doing the the same thing with the uh, the labels yes from, they from are That's yes awesome. please I continue to submit and definitely submit yeah. um 
you know, with cannabis content. Yes, yes. And maybe it'll make it on the Mary Jones. Smoking and yep. doing all, all, that, all, all that fun so stuff. So the sodas, um, awesome. are they like 10 milligrams? Like what's what's the oh, dosage? Yeah. Yep, the bottles um, that are the same size mm-hmm. as the traditional Jones soda are 10 milligrams. Okay. And then we just launched a larger can, like a tall boy can. <laughs> it's 100 milligrams. Oh, wow. Oh, shoot. Nice. Okay. They're resealable. Cool. So if you don't drink it all oh, in that's one nice. shot, yeah, that's always you can good. pop that you can little dose yourself seal back out throughout up. the day and mm-hmm. seal them up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't do that on like regular soda cans. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And they like have that. a few other products in the works uh, that I'm pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. No, that's I'm not going to say awesome. anything about them yet, but you give too much away. Yeah, definitely. But and, you'll uh, you see said us that out there more and more. They're um, where can you like find them? You said MedMed. They're in MedMen. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're in. Um, they're in a lot of accounts actually. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They launched with uh, Kiva Sales and okay. Service. Okay, and it's actually the most successful launch that Kiva. Has ever has had. Done? Wow. Yeah, that's very. That's... 120 accounts in 60 days. Holy shit. Yep. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And what I've been hearing from MedMen is that this is selling quicker than any other product that they've like gotten yeah, in on a got... launch. Like we're gonna wow. have to try are calling it about yeah. it. They're coming in for it. They're, you know, diehard Jones fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, like the the company uh, launched in 90, uh, 96, I think, and mm-hmm. that, that's the year I was born. So like, <laughs> I grew up. My childhood is drinking Jones soda. And, and you already have people stuff. who like Jones and now like you're appealing to a whole new market. Now people yeah. who are into cannabis are like, oh my God, I love Jones and now I can like medicate using Jones. What? what? <laughs> or people who aren't into cannabis but are yeah. into Jones who are like, right. wait, I can just have a yeah. product that's already familiar that I'm mm-hmm. already comfortable with. And it's just a single serving, yeah. very low it, yeah. it's, a fam- it's, it's like mm-hmm. a, f- uh, a familiarity. Like like you're, you're, you're familiar with the brand, you, you, you're comfortable with it. And you like, and you can trust stuff. them. And now you're like, okay, why not try this if they mm-hmm. have that, yeah. which is awesome. There also aren't a lot of single-serve add-on products in mm-hmm. dispensaries oh, yeah. that people can just sort of impulse buy to try, like, mm-hmm. one unit. Right. I can only think of, like, in addition to Sumo Snacks and Jones, I think of Sonder in those uh, little Pop Rock packs. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Those mm-hmm. are around the same price point and just something that's easy for people to toss into their cart or their bag to, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, have me, a little me, treat. Yeah, let me try this real quick. Never seen it before. Yeah, yeah. we were talking about that, like, the other day, um, you know, quality, but also with value. It's like sometimes you'll go to the dispensary and you're like, oh, I want to try that, but it's, like, so expensive. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and then if you don't like it, it's like, oh, shoot, I just wasted all this money. Like, with this, it's like, let me just pop it in my car and try it out, and then if you like it, and tell people about yeah. it, and then it's just, like, a whole cycle, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. which is it's a awesome. flavor that you're you're familiar with also. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. They went with four of the best sellers traditionally. Mm-hmm. So the Mary Jones line is root beer, berry lemonade, orange and cream, and a green apple. Oh, it's awesome. I'm sure yeah. people are very excited about that. Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> colors are great too. It gives us good colors to work with, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But Jones has dozens of flavors, tons oh, of yeah, flavors. Oh yeah, they have tons of flavors. They do limited releases, mm-hmm. and um, I'm actually very excited to now know where the Jones is at in LA. <laughs> because I went to the soda distributor to pick up the the mainline Jones soda, yeah. mm-hmm. and they have an outlet that's actually open to the public, Ooh. which was oh, surprising. And I kind of thought that they would, but then I got into the lobby and I didn't see it, and I was disappointed. But I looked a little harder after mm-hmm. waiting for like twenty minutes for our order to be ready, <laughs> and I saw a small sign that says "outlet open to the public this way." So I walked down a little hallway, and they have all mm. the you know all the soda bottle pop you know, art 
from yeah. the years, like oh, cherry awesome. wine. Yeah, and open the, to the public. Anybody can go there. The so where is that exactly? It's at Real Soda in Gardenia, California. Ah, okay. And this okay. is such a good, like, just a little activity or a date spot yeah, or whatever. Yeah, just to go check yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Check it out. So they have oh. everything. They have every flavor of Jones you could possibly want to pick <laughs> up. They have like a whole wall of each flavor of soda that you could be looking for and even some that you did not know exist. Like the root beer section is massive. And I mm-hmm. picked up like 12 mm-hmm. sodas and it was, let's see, what did I get? I actually got eight sodas. It was $12. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, oh, I thought yeah, they were going to be taxing yeah, for the like, individual, yeah. like pick and choose. Yeah, but like, yeah, it was like a buck 25 of pop, you know? Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a steal. Yeah, that's great. Yep. That's awesome. So, where do you hope to see your company go, I guess, let's say, in the next year or so? Or if there are any brands specifically that you hope to work with, like, mm-hmm. what would be the dream mm-hmm. for you? I really want to keep flour in the mix. I mm-hmm. want to keep cannabis, like, front focus. Um, it makes sense to me that we are naturally falling in with the soda mm-hmm. and the, the snack brands yeah. because that's what my background is in. I've mm-hmm. done so much um, sampling, and I'm familiar with that kind of, like, logistical organization that it takes to, you know, keep the supplies up and, you know. Right the heavy lifting required to actually like get Mm -hmm. this amount of liquid in glass bottles around. So Mm -hmm. that's something I've been doing for a long time. So it makes sense, but I want to keep flour in the mix. So I would love to keep, um, keep some of the clients that we've had one-off bookings for in the mix. But I know that a few of these companies will wind up expanding to other markets from California. Mm -hmm. Of course. So I'm really just, um, trying to stay a few steps ahead of it and make sure that we have the support wherever they're going to be needing it so that we can grow together because this is a very um this is a very new new business and um i'm just overwhelmed by the support and the need for it Mm -hmm. so just trying to do the right things to make sure that we can um grow that we can grow with each other and like it's it's all about timing and Mm -hmm. um, there's always just enough time to make things happen and like just enough manpower and i'm always surprised by the people that spring into action to you know meet these demands and uh like last second needs it's um it's kind of like running around just trying to catch things falling from the sky and oh yeah oh yeah totally keeping up Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um so what was that? There was something I was gonna say, and now I lost it. That's difficult. <laughs> okay. Um, so when did you move out here to California? January 2020. Oh wow! Yeah, the worst possible oh, that, time yeah, for worse. an event professional to oh, show up anywhere. Totally. And mm-hmm. uh, I wound up just kind of dwindling savings mm-hmm. and wondering if my entire career was bust. Mm. for like the whole year oh um, yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah it was the first time in my adult life that i've ever had to because i've really been like a freelancer and independent for a long time mm-hmm. it was the first time that i had to take jobs mm-hmm. i became yeah. uh an executive assistant for someone who actually had a, a parts modeling agency oh. so working with her really mm-hmm. closely for that year gave me a lot of like the tools and the awareness that i needed to do what i'm doing now Right. So it makes so much sense, but at the time it was a nightmare. It was horrible. You were like, oh, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. bad. It was real, real LA stuff, guys. It was a real hot shot, like model agent. It's been working in the biz since the 90s. <laughs> uh, real tough lady. Lots to say about my personality, my appearance. My... That's how like movies start, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. Devil Wears Prada. That's yeah, what it's reminding very me of. Much. And it was like a crash course in LA. It was like. Uh, for a lot of reasons, it was cool. She took me yeah. to a lot of restaurants in Beverly Hills. She took me to mm-hmm. all the spots that that I'm now, um, like when I have a project and I remember like 
her stationery store that has like specialty paper and uh-huh. gift wrap or the yeah. florist that she uses that has like better buy the stem flowers than mm-hmm. anybody else. It was really good uh, research for for what I do <laughs> oh, now. R&D, yeah, You're like, oh, really wait, I forgot about R&D. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like pull from those past experiences mm-hmm. to help you move forward. They get plugged into all like the low key secret spots that are better than everywhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. her. Awesome. And then another another woman I worked for was an acupuncturist. Oh, that's cool. And there's a crazy article I found out like months after I'd been working for her that she used to date someone that was like, uh, there's this crazy like Hollywood reporter article about it. It was this guy that told everyone that he was like a a, a spy or an alien, like one or the other. <laughs> and he actually wound up, they found him deceased in an SUV. Oh, oh my God. With like not good. tons of guns and money. Oh my god! Like tons, like, like more like, than this, like guy right. that everyone kind of thought was a little crazy. Like yeah. they were like, "Wait, he was telling some truth. Yeah. Like he was up to something." Yeah, and he like, had like ten other vehicles like, stashed in the like, neighborhood. That's like doomsday prepper that were registered kind of thing. to him. Yeah, yeah, like it was crazy. But he also, it was it was some crazy thing where he was like scamming like well-off women in Los Angeles. He was dating oh like god. ten rich ladies oh. and just oh. getting all of them to give him a little bit of money. Like it, it was yeah, wild. So like, that's I like found out like about that and I was like, I gotta get out of, of thing, here. Like you watch. You know? Yeah, that sounds like a TV show. Too many oh variables. God, that's <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Insane. I know. Like in the middle of the chaos. I know. Yeah. yeah. So oh my god. LA really uh, revealed itself to me quickly. You know? Oh yeah, this is a crazy place. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun though. I mean it's fun. And it's all the experience is not all fun. Not all but you know it's plenty fun. After afterwards, you can sit here and talk about it and laugh about it and be like, mm-hmm. "Shit, wait, that mm-hmm. really happened." <laughs> yeah, it, it starts to make sense, you know. You gotta take what you like and leave the rest. I found out very quickly that you have to like swerve from a lot of things in yeah. Los Angeles because mm-hmm. people will rope you in, and you'll get roped in for too long, and you'll oh, follow yeah. the path for longer than you should with some people and some things. But there's really everything here, you know. You mm-hmm. can do whatever you want. Yeah. Something for everybody. Especially if what you want to do is smoke weed, you can definitely oh, yeah, totally. do that here. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, there's something for everybody. There's a little bit of something for everybody here. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what's awesome about it. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, I mean, yeah? We're definitely going to expand. Um, mm-hmm. What's cool about the service we provide is that we can do it remotely, nationally. Mm-hmm. Oh, so great. I'm really excited about the brands that are um, multi-market, that are looking at like larger festival activations yeah. mm-hmm. and things of that nature um, because that's what I love and that's what I would like to spend more time doing mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like site managing these larger activations. Um, so yeah. slowly but surely we're yeah. getting to the point are, where we have cannabis uh, gardens at larger festivals and the awesome. ability oh, to do cool. on-site consumption. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was that's like, awesome. remember we were in Montana, we went to that uh, concert and they had a little smoke shack. Oh on yeah, site. that was really cool. That was yeah. cool. Like we've, I've never like experienced anything like that. It mm-hmm. was, it was interesting. Like how open and like welcoming it was, mm-hmm. and just like they just consume on site. Yeah, and oh. no one said anything about it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Often the vibes are a little different, like backstage mm-hmm. versus, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, versus general admission. Yeah. Um, I've done some like artist lounges or green rooms and things yeah. where like consumption is fine, but mm-hmm. like not for the wider public. Right. Um, yeah. It's like that's a little. 2019, right after we voted to legalize in Chicago, I believe Mm -hmm. that was 2019. Mm -hmm. It hadn't quite kicked in yet, but we did a a rolling lounge backstage at um, Riot Fest in Chicago. 
Oh, wow, that's that must awesome. Have been something. And it was like rolling papers. So yeah. technically, mm-hmm. we're providing people with a place to roll their cigarettes, but mm. right. we didn't enforce any, yeah. any boundaries. No because, one's going to come and yell at you and say, don't do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> especially not with the, the performers and the artists. So oh, yeah, that totally. was cool. That was my first, um, I would call that my first cannabis event because it was oh, the wow, first event awesome. that I've ever worked oh, wow. where cannabis was being openly consumed as mm-hmm. part of the, of the experience. Event. Yeah, as part, yeah, as part of, of what we thing. were hosting. And that was really cool, um, very cool. And I actually still hang around with a few of the people that I met in that lounge. I still communicate oh, with funny. them. It was yeah. really cool. Because cool. awesome naturally, a couple of them were from Los Angeles, so they're oh, out yeah, here totally. now. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, everybody, I go to the conferences all the time, and they're like, oh, where are you based out of? I'm like, oh, I'm like North Carolina, New York. They're like, oh, we're in California mm-hmm. yeah. over there. And they're like, always <laughs> confuses me here. when I have a business meeting, and they're on, like, the, the, the time change, the three-hour time change. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll get on, I'm like, wait. Oh, it's like three hours later. <laughs> but that's yeah. like the draw out here too is like the network is out here and like being able mm-hmm. to meet people who have the same interests and want to do the same things. And like everyone, for them, I mean, you're going to meet people you don't like, but for the most part, I feel like everyone's super friendly, welcoming, like mm-hmm. people coming on the show. Like it's just, it's crazy to me how much you can do within the cannabis space. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty new to it. Like I only really started smoking like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So... It's just like wild how much I've learned and like also how much the industry has grown just in such a like a short period of time. Just I mean, obviously we year. have like so Oof. much more to go, but yeah. mm-hmm. just in like the last year, I mean, with COVID though, I can imagine like it probably was super hard for mm-hmm. businesses to stay afloat. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm still learning every day. That's why I love coming on here and talking because mm-hmm. it's like what you share with me. It's like I can share with someone else. Like you said, it's like helping, mm-hmm. helping, you know everyone within the space. Mm-hmm. And I, cool. something that I want to work on personally, I don't have a very technical knowledge of cannabis. Like mm-hmm. I don't know as much as I would like to about, you know, strains and methods and growing yeah, and, and like the, and the real, and the real deal because I, you know, I'm a marketer and mm-hmm. I have smoked for a long time. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I've been a consumer but I'm from Wisconsin. It's not like we yeah. had the good shit. It's not like no, we yeah, had yeah. education. Like we had some real mm. dirt. It's and not like you actually, your, your dealer, what is this? And he goes, weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's all new to me. Like all the technicality mm-hmm. is new to me, but being in close proximity with people that have oh, yeah. deep knowledge, like you just pick things up. Oh yeah. You just sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. You just absorb what they're, what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've been thinking about putting myself through one of those like crash courses, like a little, oh, yeah. little cannabis college, you know, oh, yeah. one, of my, or yeah. one of my friends, he works for a, uh, uh, a grow operation in Pennsylvania and they're having some trouble right now because of legal stuff and uh, the laws are changing but uh, he he's putting himself exactly through one of those courses ah, I forget isn't which. it doesn't like Oaksterdam or something do yeah here university? in LA they, yeah here, that was like they, the first university yeah to open up I remember on seeing stuff online about but it's like that. an it's online cool. course I think he said it's like a few hundred bucks and it's mm-hmm. all online and he's they're teaching him all about growing and everything about exactly what you were saying mm-hmm. like every, every, everything about cannabis about the plant mm-hmm if I had a little more time, I would have done it already, but it's yeah. like mm-hmm. on the priority list for sure. Um, Cause I think that'll just be something else that we can leverage. Um, Cause I really do want the people in the field mm-hmm. to have as much, you know, contextual yeah. knowledge and awareness as possible. And mm-hmm. I want to, um, cause I'm really throwing myself into this full force. Mm-hmm. And um, as much as what I, what I do, it's like sometimes it feels like it's such a, you know, surface level, mm-hmm 
like, mm. uh, you know, appearance based, like kind of puffy, like how do you make people feel like just yeah. like an mm -hmm. on site, like a quick conversation. Mm -hmm. So we don't get into too much detail sometimes, yeah. but like yeah. when you do, like that's where the real like hooking points are. Like yeah. when you can get to that level of detail with people, like that's how mm -hmm. you really make an impact. Oh, of and, course. You know, definitely have them remember what you talked about. So. I'm trying to uh oh yeah especially in the uh, in the industry when you're talking to somebody and you know like, you can sit there and you go wow this person actually knows what they're talking about mm -hmm. they're not just like like just trying to bullshit their way through or mm -hmm. fake it to make it or some shit like that like totally it's mm -hmm. always nice when you're talking to somebody and that initial like interaction with a company at a booth or whatever that initial interaction could make or break if that person actually knows what they're talking about mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. definitely that's how you build your network too i mean the people that you've met just talking to them like they're so open and then finding your mentors and then that mm -hmm. being able to like propel you to the next step yeah i'm definitely looking for one of those um <laughs> yeah. i'm getting to a point where i really mm -hmm. could use because i spend a lot of time like riffing to my mom or my friends about mm -hmm. like what's going on here and what yeah, i need yeah. to do next and i'm really getting to a point where i need to uh i need to be funneling that to someone that has done this before yeah. who can actually right. help me solve those point problems you in the right direction mm -hmm. and give you guidance that will actually help you instead when of you don't feel like as alone you. through totally it. yeah mm -hmm. a yeah, lot of totally. support but it's all you know at yeah. the at the mutual level and yeah. um not yeah. not below but like you know it's all yeah. it's all here i need to like reach up a little bit you know yeah mm -hmm. so definitely looking for uh yeah definitely one of those and especially in like the uh self-employed entrepreneurial world as mm -hmm. you know thing of your short experience like those hardships that like like that suffering like people don't understand that is part of cannabis also and working mm -hmm. in the cannabis field, just like any field. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just being like the lazy stoner who gets off the couch and decides they want to start work growing weed and mm -hmm. open up it takes a, a lot of damn effort. It takes a lot of effort. <laughs> and mm -hmm. People out there shouldn't get discouraged when they do get like beaten down sometimes and they just mm -hmm. got to get back up there and keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. People don't realize the yeah. journey it takes. They only see like the final product and they're like, oh, I could do that. That's easy. But they don't realize like the, the grind. I mean, yeah. You so started funny. pretty recently. So, so like, recently. And if you really just get up every day and you just do it, like mm -hmm. nine yeah. months later, you're going to be like, wow, look what I did. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's just nuts. starting. We yeah, were talking about like that um, in another episode, like being like our age range and stuff and like people being very hesitant to like try new things and like jumping in. It's like just taking that yeah. first step. Like even doing this was like so unknown for us, like mm -hmm. the media thing. And it's like just starting. And then now it's like, how many episodes we've done and it's like look what we created here mm -hmm. look how many people we met look what we're doing it's really <laughs> it's exciting it's very exciting and uh um yeah it's also kind of addictive like i mm -hmm. don't think that i'm gonna stop doing things i haven't done before oh yeah, like, yeah. now totally. that i'm on this kick um but you know you're you're totally right that a lot of people are like hesitant or they don't they want something for nothing they don't right. want to put mm -hmm. in the yeah. the legwork no. um like recently one of the brands I work with received an application from someone that wanted to work internally in sales. Mm -hmm. ah. So we attempted to vet her through the, the BA program. Mm. Right. So I drove hours to the city that she's based in to mm -hmm. kid her up and train her. And we were going to see like how it worked, like how she picked up the brand yeah. details, how the personality fit was. See what she's got. Yeah. yeah. And about halfway through the shift, when I showed her how to check in for her next shift alone, because mm -hmm. I was going to train for one and then let her kind of kick mm -hmm. it solo and see how so it went. She did. Yeah. yeah. Take the reins. She went on a rant about not being a BA and like being above it and being 25 years old with what? two cars and 
being a business. She, I have multiple businesses and I'm not doing this. And I was kind of like, well, you this uh, is what want you this job. For. You applied for a job and this is yeah, the way this is the job. that the person hiring for that job wants to vet you. It's like paid mm -hmm. training. Yeah, right. She was like, I don't need the money. I don't, <gasps> I don't need the money. That's not what I'm here for. And I was like, but do you want the job, babe? Yeah, like yes or no. Yeah, and uh, she called me unprofessional. Wow. And said that I'm really rude, and that's why I have one client. And like none of those things are true, obviously. Yeah. But it was yeah, all just totally. ego and fear. Yeah. And it was like looking at someone who's really not too much different from her in age, mm -hmm. and just not understanding why yeah, in like, this moment I'm the gatekeeper of the opportunity that she wants. Mm -hmm. Because to her, she's looking at me, and she's like, "Why am I standing here with a BA?" Like with mm -hmm. another BA because right. I'm just like a girl with a kit like in the dispensary, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like what did she you doesn't... do that's putting you above me right now when mm -hmm. I did all this work and went to school? I mean, like I think college is a scam either way. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, and like especially nowadays because like me, me and Cass talk about this all the time mm -hmm. is that when you go, you go to school, all you know is school, you come out of college and they tell you with your degree you are expected to get this level of pay this position at at whatever company or whatever you want to apply for and you should settle for nothing less because you put in all this money and work that's where school. the entitlement comes and from though then you get you out into the real something. world and you're picking you're running picking up coffee and stuff like that for these for, for these people and they go why why am i doing this but you have to start at the bottom of the totem pole mm -hmm. you gotta start somewhere it's like you can't expect to be at the top when you haven't even done any of the dirty work yet <laughs> and that's not gonna get you anywhere i mean looking looking no. like like speaking that way to someone who a year ago was literally like a mm -hmm. part-time ba mm -hmm. like right. and then got promoted promoted to full-time and then got mess with and resigned and started this company, you know, mm -hmm. like that was a year ago. That's wow. like yeah. so little time. Yeah, like, yeah. So it was such a moment for all of us. And we mm -hmm. were like, wow, we really dodged a bullet here. And the brand was like, thank you for going down there. This is exactly why we sent you. Mm -hmm. You saved us so much time. Like none of us even had to speak mm -hmm. with this horrible person. Yeah. Like Ugh. you yeah. really, you I mean, really found out money, what she's so you like. Save the money as well. Mm -hmm. and, it's just, it's... and I even explained to her, I said, the role that you want has to host these demos too yeah like mm -hmm. sales hosts pads mm -hmm. they do like they have to go in there and do exactly what we do like yeah. represent the brand deliver the talking points tell mm -hmm. people what's what and like when it came down to it i was like are you willing to do that and she's yeah. like yeah but like not for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like you're not the brand you're not the brand. I was like, yeah, but I'm just I'm representing the, the literal brand, so represent I'm, Yes, I, I am the brand. I am if actually I'm, uh, if the you're brand. You're representing. You're you are the brand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a weird one, but very related huh. to to what you're mentioning, where mm -hmm. like people, the entitlement is yeah. is rampant, and yeah. people only um, they only see as far as they look. You right. Know? But and, then it's just hindering them from growing altogether. It's mm -hmm. like you have to be willing to help each other out, and if but also if you're applying for a job and then. Now you're like, I don't want it. Like, what? It, but, what? But, but it wasn't, she She still wanted the job. She just, just she didn't want, yeah. want, we were like, you have to host a couple PADs first. And, and we'll she didn't see want how to do the work. Yeah. And she was like, absolutely not. I will not be doing that. Like I am no not a brand period. ambassador. Yeah. Um, I don't care what you're like. Yeah. like. yeah, it's like. And she was like, I think you just want to get out early and you want to go back to LA. Because we were in San Diego. Oh, yeah, and uh, I was like, hell yeah, I do, girl. We loaded into MedMen at 5.30 a.m. Yeah, yesterday. You're, you're up early. Yeah, you're, like, you don't know what we're doing I went to a conference in New York. And it was just I was up at five o'clock in the morning to get to get there at eight eight thirty. But uh, you got any shout outs yeah, before we round we're this wrap up? Wrap up soon. You got any <laughs> shout out Mary shout Jones? Shout out Sumo Snack. Shout out my fantastic yeah. clients and all the staff that are 
making this possible for me. I want to keep doing right by all of them, all mm-hmm. of these people, myself, my peers. That's awesome. Thank Thanks you so for much. this platform. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. taking the time to chat. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much Shout for coming. Shout out to Jones and now Mary Jones. Go Mary get yourself Jones, one. baby. Hit the Med Men this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you to, for MJ Arsenal for helping us decorate our table here for some beautiful pieces. And we'll uh, see you next time. Thank I'm you. Behind the leaf. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.